Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, it is Mock Draft 2.0. That's right. We're taking the first Mock Draft we had. We're throwing it out the window. We're starting with a brand new slate, and we are picking players to assign them to different NFL teams. Yes, that is what we are doing today. We're throwing out all the picks from last week, except for one. <laughs> well, as we said... It's really only 31 picks to talk about. Yeah, here at Sideline Judgment, the draft starts at pick two. So, uh, Tyler, it is technically the day before free agency, but because the NFL is the NFL, um, free agency actually unofficially started yesterday. We are recording on... Legal uh, tampering, baby. Legal tampering, baby. We're recording on Tuesday, March 16th, otherwise, no, otherwise known as Stone Cold Steve Austin Day, 316, baby, you know? Yes, o- sir. OGs, no. OGs, no. Um, so, free agency is supposed to start today when you're listening to this on March 17th, but as we, we will reference throughout the mock draft, different free agency signings that happened uh yesterday on March 15th. Or right. Room, we don't room. we don't want to do like a quick hits about all the picks, all about all the announced it's not signings. complete. I mean because it's not complete and also because the Patriots did the majority of them. So we could just talk about it when we get to them. <laughs> so if there was a signing, we will mention them with that respective team I mean, if it's big enough. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it now though, just real quick, because Houston doesn't have a first round pick. Um but the uh the Houston Texans did sign Tyrod Taylor to a one year uh deal so i mean you know me thinks that they think he's gonna be a backup but me also thinks that he's gonna start the season at quarterback me thinks that me thinks that <laughs> that he's gonna be a he's gonna be a bit of a starter all yeah. right you ready so same so same rules as last time we are not doing trades yet nah. um we are alternating picks i got odd picks last time tyler you are gonna get odd picks this time uh, so without further ado, Tyler, you are on the clock, both fig- literally and figuratively. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Tyler, you have the first overall pick. Who are you selecting? The Jacksonville Jaguars take Trevor Lawrence. All right, uh, slams, hits end. Hits All end. Right, move on. Every second wasted is a second that something could screw up and we could send the wrong thing. <laughs> the, the kid, no, it's it's done. Yeah, it is. It is done. I fully agree. Uh, that's the no analysis. No analysis needed. As we said, the draft starts at pick two. Alrighty. Pick two, the New York jets, the New York jets haven't made any like big time free agency signings. I think it's important to note the jets are kind of one of those teams in the mix for a couple of wide receivers. And there've been reports out about the wide receivers in this draft, in this draft, in this free agency that no one's really getting the money that they quote unquote think that they deserve. Uh, that's why we didn't really see wide receivers come off the board, come off of the free agency board uh, in the first day, unofficial day of free agency. And I think that's really interesting because, as we said last week, the cap is down 8%. So there is a significant chunk of the cap that is gone. And I think the position that's suffering from that is wide receivers, not only because it's a deep wide receiver class, um, but because a lot of teams have young guys that they're willing to give a chance on for cheap deals and go out and pay a lot of money for established wide receivers. Uh, I think it's just, you know, part of the market it, it, and it's, it's sad, but it is it's, what it is. It's a weird thing in football where it's like wide receivers are so important to have now in football, but because of the way that football is trending from the ground up, there are just more wide receivers that are good. Like, and additionally, you have to be honest, like you have to look at the wide receiver pool that's available. 
there's not really a number one guy available. Allen Robinson would have been that, but he got franchise tagged. Like, um, the next best one right now is Curtis Samuel, who I believe is is going to get overpaid soon. But uh, that's that's conversation for later. <laughs> Uh, but I just wanted to say that because the Jets were one of those teams that were kind of in the mix for a free agent wide receiver. Um, definitely, they could take some uh, other position players here. So last time we did this, we gave them Penny Sewell, right? Or no, we gave them Zach Wilson. Uh, we gave them, no, we gave them Justin Fields. We gave, them Justin, I gave Fields. Them Justin Fields. That's right. I so think. I believe so. I believe you did that. Uh, I'm going to go a different direction here just so we can start playing with different types of drafts and different possibilities. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to give them Penny Sewell. I'm going to give them the cornerstone tackle because as we said, there are no trades in our mock draft right now. Um, And I think what that does is that gives them Mekhi Becton and Penny Sewell on both sides of, in this scenario, that is healthy. Right. In this scenario, it's Sam Darnold. Um, and I think that one of the options is giving Darnold another opportunity. And if they give Darnold another opportunity, if that's what they're in on, I'm not saying I agree with it, but if that's their mentality, then I think giving him another generational left tackle is a good idea. I think it's a good pick for the long term. Then when he sucks, you know it's him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'll take Penesul tackle out of Oregon. Tyler, good pick. Up. I mean, I think it's a good pick because anybody who takes Penesul is making a good pick it's one of those it's like any team that takes cal pitts is still made a good pick doesn't matter how many tight ends they may have or may not need him like it's he's a good player so um miami's at three okay let's be real here if miami has this pick and this happens there's no way on god's green and blue earth that they're making this pick they're trading this like yes yes but we don't live in that world so let's look at the available items uh, I'm going to take a long time. Jamar Chase. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, thank you so much for being quick and efficient for taking uh, Jamar yeah, Chase. Yeah. Well, with Penny Sewell gone, so in this universe, again, Miami's not trading out of this pick, which they most certainly would be trading out of if this were the way the board fell. Um, if Miami, if uh, New York had taken a quarterback, Miami would either trade out or would consider probably taking Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase, but again, probably trade out. So in this case, like, Penny Sewell would be a great pick, probably. Jamar Chase, excellent wide receiver. Wide receiver one, obviously great pick. In reality, they're probably going to trade down probably to, you know, eight or nine, depending on what team moves up. But this is the way the board falls for right now. So I think it's important to note. Actually, you know what? No, we'll bring that up with pick 18 since that's where where it has relevancy. Because like you said, the level of quality of player up here, there's only a few options you can take if you're not going to trade down, which yeah, I mean, my dolphin hat today, I think we're going to, I mean, trade there, down. there was another pass catcher that, uh, that, that is not a wide receiver that um, was in play, but I think that they would more, more will, they would more likely go towards Jamar chase. Right. Right. I, I agree. Uh, and it's important to note in the last mock draft, I gave the dolphins Jamar chase. So, Tyler and I are on the same page in terms of who wide receiver one is. So that's why he gave him, mm-hmm. he gave my, my beloved dolphins, Jamar chase. Well, it's like, it's Pick. like Jamar chase is everything Devonte Smith is, but without the possible weight concern. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Continue. Pick four is the Atlanta. Falcons. Don't screw this up. <laughs> okay. So I'm tempted to go one of two ways and they're both quarterback. I am torn between my lifelong friendship with Day Day and taking Justin Fields 
or just throwing that all to the side and taking Zach Wilson? What do I think the Falcons are going to do? I think if the board falls like this, which I don't think will happen because someone will trade with Miami to take one of these two quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I think, oh man, this is tough. You know what? I'm going to do the smart thing. I'm going to take the guy that I believe is the better overall quarterback. I'm going to give them Justin Fields. There you go. Look at him, everybody. Congratulations. (laughs) I'm proud of you for making the right choice. Thanks, my guy. Thank you. Thank Um, you. Yeah. All right. Pick five. All right. My turn. Your turn. Again, Cincinnati. Poor Cincinnati. So this this is not the way Cincinnati has wanted the board to fall. No. Up to this point. As Not we've said before, all. Cincinnati needs to get Joe Burrow some help in on the offensive line because <laughs> my boys my boys' ligaments are uh, not the healthiest because no, of last season. So um, you would have wanted Penny Sewell. You probably thought you could have stayed put and get him. Turns out to not be the case. But guess what? Offensive tackle is still your biggest need. So we're going to take Rayshon Slater out of Northwestern. Okay, everybody's super high on, um, and see what you can get out of that because. It is a situation where, like, t- when, you're tip- when you're picking this high, you want to go talent. Like, mm-hmm. you want to go talent over need if because the talent, you're picking the cream of the crop. But you're in a situation where, like, y- your need is so great. Mm-hmm. Like, that unless somehow, unless the f- all four picks before you were offensive tackles, <laughs> like, you need to take an offensive tackle player. So, Rayshon Slater's yeah. going to the Bengals. Um this honestly, Tyler, might be the second fastest pick made on the night, with the first fastest being Trevor Lawrence at pick one. Mm-hmm. Simply because the Bengals know exactly what it is that they need. I, they like, have they have to pick an offensive tackle. Like exactly, they, they just don't really have another option. Like yeah, it's 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 really non negotiable at that point because you know Rayshon Slater is not going to make it to round two when they have another pick. So you got to take him now. So good pick, I agree. Pick six, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, who are currently, who have currently given tight end Zach Ertz the ability to basically find a team that he can be traded to. Come to Jacksonville. <laughs> because he, I think he's like a $13.5 million cap hit. And if they cut he's... him, they take like $7.7 million of a cap hit and they'd rather trade him and not take that hit. So yeah, that's kind of where they are. Makes sense. I'm going to go off of the philosophy by the, that by the time the draft happens on my 25th birthday, April 29th, that Zach Ertz is no longer a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Therefore, therefore, I am also factoring in Howie Roseman's inability to be a competent GM <laughs> and properly assess wide receivers. So instead of giving them the clear number two wide receiver in Devontae Smith, I think he's going to take a little bit more of a safe bet. Kyle Pitts, welcome to Philadelphia. I love it, honestly. Listen, like you said it earlier, anyone who picks Kyle Pitts, it's not a bad pick. Yeah, and I, mean, I yeah, and I think yeah. the that uh, Howie Roseman's track record with drafting wide receivers hasn't been the best. Um, but that's an I, understatement. Listen, I'll give him some slack for taking Jalen Rager because I think Jalen Rager can be a really good slot receiver in the league. 
the the blasphemy is that he took him over Justin Jefferson. Yeah. <laughs> Literally one pick before. It has nothing to do with – I think Jalen Rager is a fine player. It's just uh, exactly. a clearly better one was right in front of you. So you know what I'm going to do? You know what the best coaches do? They take the ball – they put the ball in the hands of their best player. I'm going to do the opposite here. I'm going to take the, the ball out of my worst player if I'm the Eagles and Howie Roseman, and I'm just going to say, yo, take the safe bet. He's still a weapon. He's still a pass catcher. If You're you replacing decide, Zach Ertz with exactly, you know. and if you decide to go with if you decide to go with with uh, Jalen Hurts, they're going to be able to make that. You know, they'll be fine. Give me Kyle Pitts there; it'll work, and they can kind of kick the can for another wide receiver later on. Yeah. All right, Detroit up at pick seven. Uh, con- consensus would be to go wide receiver here. I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction, though. I okay. think uh, the entire cornerback market is still available to them. They do need a corner pretty bad. I'm going to have them take Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech, uh, the corner out of Virginia Tech, because with we, I don't know how Dan Campbell's going to, you know, do uh, the way he the way he drafts or anything like that. But considering his press conference was about biting people's knees off, I think defense will be a part of that. Yeah. So um, we're going to go with Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. I like the pick. Others would have maybe gone with Patrick Sertan, the second. Mm-hmm. But I, to me, they're one A, one B, and it's kind of interchangeable yeah. to me. So I don't mind that. Uh, pick eight, the Carolina Panthers. Oh boy, this has gone perfect for the Panthers. They're so happy. They're it's so. It's not happy. even a question. Zach Wilson, welcome to Carolina. It's really yeah. easy. It's really easy at this point. You have the top two quarterbacks, in our opinion, are off the board. They, in this scenario, they didn't have to trade up to get a quarterback, which is. What they probably will have to do if they if they want yeah one if they of really Justin. want one yeah if they want Fields Which, or uh, Wilson so works out for them. By the way, spot. we didn't. By the way, uh, we didn't even really discuss this. Would did would Philadelphia or Detroit have taken Zach Wilson? I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think Philly would, and mm-hmm. I don't think Detroit would. Can I tell you why? For both, go ahead. So for Philly. Um, Jeffrey Lurie, the worst owner in American sports franchise history. Um, and it's not even first time with the Eagles. It's first time with the Marlins and how he destroyed them. Uh, that's just my personal beef. But, you know, I hate you, Jeffrey Lurie. Uh, and I, <laughs> I, I, I know hate's a strong word, but I, I hate you. Sorry. You use it nonetheless. I use it nonetheless. Um, no, not only that, but he has said that he wants Hurts to be the guy. And... I think give it a new coaching staff, Howie Roseman essentially, you know, being very close with Jeffrey Laurie and them going with a new regime. I think because Laurie went out and said, hey, give Jalen Hurts a shot, they're going to legitimately do that for a season. I think it'll blow up in their face and they'll have to get someone, a quarterback in next year's draft or make a trade or sign someone or whatever. But I don't think that's the reason for that. And then for the um, for the Lions... Listen, man. Like, Jared Goff isn't a scrub. He's not. Yeah. He's not you're Aaron Rodgers, but he's you're not a gonna scrub. be bad this year, Lions. And mm. I think you just want to eat it with Jared Goff and yeah. be at the top of the quarterback market next year. I agree. I think that's the mentality over there, and I think Dan Campbell knows that. And I think I think what you said was has a lot of truth to it. That I think because he's such an aggressive coach, even though he is an offensive line coach, he knows that the physical play in the NFL is really much done in the secondary is just as much as it is in the trenches. And so if there's an elite cornerback there, then that's why he takes it. And, and, and all of that works perfect for Carolina who end up getting 
one of the yeah. top three quarterbacks, second best quarterback to some, not to us, but to some uh, at pick eight. That's fantastic. Yeah. Which going to uh, Denver at pick nine, Denver's taking Trey Lance because Drew Locke really? is not the answer. So, so let me ask you. So you think they are so quick to get, not get rid of Drew Locke, but they're so convinced that Trey Lance is a better quarterback than Drew Locke? Because I think there's a, there's a, I, for me, there's a clear one, two, three in this draft. And after those three, there's a bit of a drop off. For me, Lance is a clear four, but there is a drop off after those top three. Yeah. And I don't know if Patrick Sertan is on the board, if Waddle or Smith, Micah Parsons, uh, Christian Darcy. Yeah, there's a I lot of that. players on here that I think would fit really well in Denver in their schemes, especially with their defensive minded head coach and a player I, like Patrick Sertan I, sitting there. I, I agree with that. I think it's more of a situation of, I think, Trey Lance being here for them makes it that makes them make that pick. I don't think Denver's going to make a move in the quarterback market because they, okay. they like, but it's a sim, it's a situation of like, again, we got to pick nine and the fourth quarterback is still there. I don't think that's going to be the case in the, when it actually comes down. Cause I think there's going to be a lot of trading. Um, yeah. There are too many other teams that need developmental quarterbacks and Denver. I think, I think Trey Lance would, it's not that I don't think Drew Locke is good. It's just that, like, I think you know what you have in Drew Locke, and you're not sure what you can get in Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. And maybe it restarts your clock if you're the coaches. Like, okay, now we have a little bit more time to, like, get this quarterback. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, if you're not good with Drew Locke this next year, like, that's it for yeah. Drew Locke. Like, and that yeah, might no, be it right. for you, depending on how it goes. I think it's more, again, if, if one of the top four quarterbacks is there at nine, I think they'll take them. Okay. But I don't think like I think Denver would be just as happy to take Mike Parsons or Caleb or uh, Patrick Sertan the second or Caleb Farley or any of the people that would be there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with Trey Lance because I think that's what is the case. All right, all right. I respect it. I I don't know if I agree, but I definitely respect it. And and your your logic makes perfect sense. So mm-hmm. uh, it's also know- maybe just me not really believing in Drew Locke and being like, just cut bait, man. Just cut it. Like <laughs> you know who's doing I'll be honest. What? You know who's doing backflips right now? Dallas, Jer- probably. Jerry Jones. Yeah. Yeah, because they desperately need a cornerback and Patrick Sertan's yeah. on the board. Give me Patrick Sertan to Just to made it. Oh, yeah. Just made it. The uh-huh. nick of time. Mm-hmm. All right. Which brings us to the New York football giants who Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith are still available. So... <laughs> uh, who are they gonna, who would they take is is a matter of a question. Who did what did they need? So uh, I want you to put yourself in the mind of David Gettleman. God, I, I hate <laughs> this already. See, but I can't tell if Gale, David Gettleman would be the type of guy who'd be like, Devontae Smith doesn't have the measurables, he can't measure up, we're not gonna take him. Or if he'd be the guy to be like, he's a winner. Um <laughs> he's a I don't know what he would be like. Um It's one of those two guys. In this scenario. No, it's one of those two guys. It's basically just me just deciding who I'm going to go with. I, I'm i going to say that they're going to pick Jalen Waddle. I, I think they would, given those two guys. And listen, there's a case to be made that Waddle's actually the better player. Yeah. And he was just hurt this past season, which is all true. Yeah. Um, but we will we will see. We will see. We will see. Um, next up is the San Francisco 49ers. Team needs, it says quarterback, Interior offensive lineman. <laughs> I'm not Do taking it. Mac Jones. Interior offensive lineman, cornerback, tackle, 
I think you're looking here at the depth. And again, we need to start thinking about best player available. Uh, that's relatively close to scheme. I don't think they'll take Devonte Smith simply because I they think don't. The, they don't need. They don't need them. They have the wide adi- receiver. Additionally, guys. with 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 the, with the Kyle Shanahan offense, like you, your wide receivers need to be able to factor into the running game, either with like sweeps and blocking and versatility. And Devontae Smith does a lot well, but I don't think he does that well. Right, right. Um, man. Uh, all right. I think I'm gonna. Do, am I gonna do this? Do yeah, it. I'm gonna do this. I don't know what uh, you're doing, but do I'm it. I'm gonna take. Christian Darasaw, the tackle out of Virginia Tech. I think you take a high-quality lineman. He's not the highest-rated lineman on the board. That's Samuel uh, uh, Kosmi out of Texas right now. But I think that Christian Darasaw, I think they'll like what they see in him. And maybe they can convert him into a guard, which could be something that works for them. So, uh, again, best player available type thing. I'll, I'll take them. I'll take him right now for the 49ers. Next up, next up. Yeah. All right, the Chargers, the Chargers. Um, similar to the Bengals, you need to protect your quarterback. Uh, let's see what tackles are best available for you. You kind of ha- you have a pretty good. You have Tevin Jenkins, Samuel Cosme, Jalen Mayfield, Liam Eikenberg, Dylan Radnis. Um, tackle class is pretty good actually this year. It's not. It is. It doesn't it have the top. It doesn't have the top level stuff of last year's, but it's pretty good. I'm gonna take Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Nice. Um, pair him up with a. Uh, just uh, with Justin Herbert, protect that man. Yeah. Because Justin Herbert was, you know, miraculously way better in, at the pro as he wasn't than he was in college. So please <laughs> don't let that, you know, go away. Uh, next up, we have the Vikings. It's easy for me here. I think they also need offensive linemen. Uh, I'm going to take Sanyo Kosmi. I think the guy is proje- yeah. is a is a top fifteen talent, and I think you know this. I think this kind of ends the run on tackles. In the first mm-hmm. in the first round, I think we may see some guys in the back half, but you know I think right now that's going to be a bit different. So, uh, fifteen, the All New right. England Patriots, Tyler. Let's talk about it. So they did a lot today. The Patriots emptied their bank account. Uh, <laughs> Whole thing. They signed a ton of players. They got interior help. They got. They got two tight ends. They got Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. They got the top Why? two tight ends in free agency. They Why? re-signed Cam Newton. They did. They Bill, Bill Belichick saw Tom Brady win a, win a championship with somebody else, and he had a losing season for the first time in like 20 years. He said, no, not, yeah. not again. No. Never <laughs> like, again. And he um, unloaded the bank account. They got so many players. They also got um, – Devon Godchild, the interior lineman. Oh, I forgot about they that. They got they got another linebacker. Um, they got uh, what's it? Uh, Nelson Aguilar. They got they got some good players For that a lot aren't, of money. <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit. But the thing is that they're not like the top. Um, they're not none of these guys apart from the two tight ends are like the top players in their position yeah. in free agency. But they're really good depth pickups and yeah. exactly the Patriots what they just need. made more moves than anyone else the last right. day. Right. Which we're not used to. They're not necessarily the splashiest. The two tight getting John Smith was like, all right, cool, John Smith over there. Getting Hunter Henry was the big thing because they got both of them. Right. Um but they've just mostly been good pickups. Mm-hmm. I will say Devontae Smith is still there, so they're gonna take him. Like, okay. All right. Uh I don't think Devontae Smith will be there at fifteen. 
but he is there right now and they they their biggest issue their biggest issue last year was they had nobody who could catch the ball right they 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 fixed that a little bit they have somebody but you need young talent with that mm-hmm. so adding Devonte smith another saving product goes to bill belichick oh my yeah. god who could have seen it coming who could have um, seen it coming um all right now is where we start to have some fun because even though this has been quite an interesting draft uh mock draft that we put together here uh, Devonte smith didn't go to till 15 at the patriots which is insane um all right, so top players available. I have the Arizona Cardinals at pick 16. Needs are cornerback, running back, uh, interior offensive lineman, tight end, linebacker. So basically these auxiliary defensive positions, cornerback seems to be a very big need for them. But when you look at the board, uh, the big guys JC are Horn's off. available. Uh Oh, J.C. Horn is available. Ooh, all right, I'm going to do that then. That's actually a really good pick. I'm going to give them J.C. Horn. Yeah, they need oh. a cornerback. On, on their list of needs on the draft network, which is what we use, fantastic network, um, they had cornerback listed twice within the first five. So, <laughs> so yeah, they need corners. Yeah, they, they JC Horn would be nice. That. That'd be good there. All right. Darate is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Parsons is available for the Raiders. And I know they need some tackles, but to have Mike Parsons available at this level, I think is pretty big for them because they need, they need linebackers. Uh-huh. So... I'm torn though. Why are you torn? Nah, I'm not torn anymore. Actually, when <laughs> I really think about it, because again, it's a situation where the talent of this player kind of overrides the the need slotting that you started to get into. You're like, mm-hmm. all right, we need this, so what are we going to slot in these needs? Where are we going to fill these in? And it's it's like when the Jaguars took Josh Allen. It's just a matter of like yeah. they didn't really need another edge. It wasn't high in their needs, but you have a player that talented, you you pull the trigger on it. Yeah. So for sure, Mike Parsons still being available at 17 is wild. Mm-hmm. So they are going to take him. So Mike Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn state that, that hurts my soul, Tyler. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize. It does. <laughs> and it hurts my soul because the Miami dolphins, instead of signing, we signed a couple players in free agency, but uh, yeah. nothing, nothing big yet. But one of the Jacoby big things Brissett? is, Jacoby Brissett, back up. Welcome back to the state of Florida where you belong, Jacoby. Um, your, your your time at Florida wasn't didn't end the best way, but you know, you had success. Welcome you back. No, um, the Dolphins released all three of their starting linebackers before free agency yeah. to free up cap room after signing big contracts. So Van Ginkle is gone, Van Noy is gone, and I forget the third one who we released. Um but all three are gone. So we need linebackers. <laughs> I know it doesn't yeah. say it on team needs for no, the draft I, network, Yeah, but now you do. Now but we do now. So I was thinking. I mean. I'm thinking Zayvon Collins. Yeah. In I was, re- was, was going to say it if you didn't say it. Like, Well, in a realistic world. But you know who's available and who single-handedly won Notre Dame the game against Clemson the first time around? Jeremiah was Cormoa. Yeah, baby. And he's on the board. He can play. I think he'd be good he in the Brian play. Flores system because he's pretty yes. versatile. And he can move back in coverage. He can stop the run. Give it to you. Jeremiah, welcome to Miami. All right, Jeremiah. Which hurts me because I really hope – I really like Zayvon Collins. I really do. But Maybe you can get him later. Um, hopefully, hopefully. 
Next up, yeah, we so have Jeremiah the Washington football team, Tyler. Washington football team. They've addressed the quarterback need because they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who so is really instantly, t- instantly the second best quarterback in that division now. Yeah, so let's see. What what, what do we got going on here? Um, they don't need quarterback, which is the whole thing that we've been talking about for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not for a year. Offensive tackle is, you know, probably a direction you want to go in. Wide receiver is a pretty big direction you might want to go in. Um, cornerback as well. It's not the quarterback. I the best cornerback you're taking on the left is like Greg Newsom or Eric Stokes, and that's this is too rich for me. Right. Um. But mm, I'm, I'm I'm oscillating through words here. I'm just <laughs> gonna try and. Th- stall until i think of what i want to do and it's torn between you need offensive tackles but you also need wide receiver no you have ryan fitzpatrick so it doesn't matter how good your wide receivers are he's going to eat them to him anyway so i'm going to take jalen mayfield out of michigan for an offensive tackle okay because they All need right. offensive tackle that's right i just wor- i worked through that in my head but you did not it it's it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. It doesn't matter how bad the receiving core is. Like you're right, you're right. The you're Dolphins right. will tell you. Dolphins fans will tell you. Oh, we will. Oh, we He'll will. He'll eat that sucker. He will. He's a eater if I've ever seen one. Um, next up is the Chicago Bears. The Bears recent signers of Andy Dalton. So there's my thing. They sign Andy Dalton to a one year deal, and Mac Jones is sitting there. The trigger is being pulled. Mac Jones is heading to Chicago. Uh. <laughs> because I think, listen, Andy Dalton is not your franchise quarterback. We all know this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I think he's a serviceable stopgap. I think if Mac Jones falls to them at 20, I think that that is a player that they should go in that direction. I don't think Mac Jones is a first-round caliber quarterback. This no. is also the Chicago Bears quarterback assessment team. They're not really in a position to be picky. Like Not only are they not in a position to be picky, but they have a history of picking quarterbacks even though they may not be the best one there. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to go with the Mac Jones to the Chicago Bears. This just feels like Rex Grossman to Chicago level. Like Oh and- yeah. Always respect to Rex Grossman in college, but yeah, he wasn't he wasn't an NFL quarterback. Like no, I mean he um, made it to a Super Bowl, but he wasn't an NFL quarterback. Super Bowl participating Rex Grossman. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, next up is the Colts. Uh, mm-hmm. Colts have Carson Wentz. Infuriating me. Um, additionally, what else? They they're kind of a stacked team, to be honest with you. Like yeah, they have a great roster. They don't have a lot of needs. Um, no. So let me just let me look through here. Got running backs up on the board. Uh, cornerback, like I said, I I don't like the cornerback market at this point. I'd still, you know, offensive tackles still a possibility. I'm not sure if I want to go in that direction though. Uh, you know what? We're we're gonna take. I'm gonna give him Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota, to pair with their wide receiver room because just give Carson Wentz weapons. Make sure, make sure you can find out. You know for sure whether or not he can be fixed. I actually really like this pick. I'm very surprised that I like this pick, but I'm very surprised. I, I very much like this pick. I think that's a great decision. Because um, yeah. T.Y. Hilton's time in Indianapolis is coming to a close soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you got, you know, you got Michael Pittman Jr., but you got a bunch of like good 
you know, contributors. Yeah. But I think I think you want you want a T.Y. Hill T.Y. Hilton replacement in your future. So yeah, I think so as well. I think so as well. He who you know he's a free agent. He may not could be coming back. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking here. All the more reason to draft Rashad Bateman. <laughs> for real. I'm looking here at the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. And their biggest need is corner, but I don't think that a corner at this point in the draft is very wise. Not really. It's not really anyone on the board worth taking in that regard. No. But, oh, yeah, I think this is the pick, and I'm really sorry, Tyler, that I'm giving Tennessee this it. weapon. I'm going to give them Terrence Marshall Jr. Because, That's okay. Because they need They wide did receiver. lose Corey Davis. They, they lost Jonas Smith. Yes. They they need Terrace Marshall. It's a, it's do. a good pick. It makes sense. So that's who I'm going with. Uh who is the player that you were think why don't you hold on to it and then if the player gets no, drafted. It was a different side of the ball. It's, it's fine. All right. Awesome. Uh, Next up. All right, New York Jets. Uh you, they took Penny Sewell. Great. Qu- quarterback is still listed as a need. We're going to ignore it. Um, <laughs> cornerback again not a lot of good quarterbacks left edge is a thing and i think quitty pay at this at this area pretty good pretty good deal so if you can get quitty pay boof, beef up your trenches i know that the, the jets have actually been making some moves in free agency like um they they've been able to get some players i think that though with robert sella as the as the defense as the head coach former 49ers defense coordinator who, who had a great defense with that absolutely stacked defensive oh. line oh yeah. and the jets have a good defensive line mm-hmm. i think you want to add more to it i think you just make your strength stronger you're so quitty pay to the new york jets smart edge out of michigan smart I'm, i might have taken a different edge but i agree but i agree with the position position and he's a good player so next up you have the pittsburgh steelers um Oh boy, uh, we don't know if Juju Smith-Schuster is going to re-sign with Pittsburgh. He's a free agent, um, and we also know that Big Ben is coming back. Ah, uh, this is tough, man. There needs say tackle, corner, running back. Um, I think they need Big Ben to retire. Is what they, they need. They do. They do be needing Big Ben to retire. Um. Man, looking at the quarterback, the best quarterback left is Kyle Trask, and he is not a first-round draft pick. So nope. I don't I don't think we'll see quarterbacks taken until the third round after these first five guys go. And then yeah. if we look at offensive tackle, um, this might be the way to go. Uh, okay, I'm going to give them Alex Leatherwood out of the University of Alabama. <sighs> I really pick. like him. I really pick. do. Uh, and yeah, it's going to suffice the it. need. It's a good pick. Yep. I hate, also, I hate, I hate that you Ale, did it. Alejandro Villanueva is actually a free agent, so they may not be able oh, to get him back. I didn't even realize that. So that would be a good, like, and slide that, him right in. I mean, one of the biggest parts of the Pittsburgh dynasty, I mean, the Big Ben's a huge part, but their offensive line has typically been very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to keep that intact. The Jacksonville Jaguars with their second pick, number 25. Um, they have their quarterback. They have not. Um, I'm I'm all for addressing Pat Frymouth in the later rounds. I think the, I think the Jaguars are going to overpay Carter Samuel. It's just my hunch, um, which I'm fine with. We have the money to do it. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that so they're going to be addressing more of the wide receiver needs. They've already signed Marvin Jones. Um, Urban Meyer has been getting a lot of people on the trenches. Um, he also signed Shaquille Griffin. 
um, to be quarterback number two, mm-hmm. opposite C.J. Henderson. You don't have anybody in the nickel. What you have not addressed is they have not addressed safety. Hmm. And I'm going to take Trayvon Merrick, the safety okay. out of TCU, safety one, um, before anyone else can get him because I want a player like that in my back end. Um, that's And that's smart. That's actually – we haven't had a safety off the board up until this point. And if you're the Jags and you walk away from round one with Trevor Lawrence um, and the number one safety in the draft class, that's fantastic. That's yep. fantastic, especially since you start picking on day two. So Yes. So Got a full night to think about it. Full night to think about it. Next up, the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. Uh, okay. I'm going to give the Cleveland Browns a player that – has been in the past has been uh mocked in the top 10 a while ago this player sat out last year and i think a lot of people are forgetting about the talent mm-hmm. that this player has um yeah. and that's gregory Rousseau, the edge out of Ooh, miami there he is their number one need uh i think Rousseau is one of the better edges in this draft class and i think a lot of people are forgetting because he didn't play last season with the university of Miami. And we know that Baltimore also needs an edge. And I think picking right before them in the division, it's more of a pick of, we don't want to face him twice a year and we'd rather have him on our side of the ball. You know what I mean? Sometimes that's the right decision to make. Yeah. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's more about making sure that other people don't have those players. That's how Saban's so successful is recruiting. Isn't always about who does he want? It's about who can I prevent other people from getting? Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. Baltimore Ravens on the clock with uh, the 27th overall pick. Um, Baltimore, you need some edge with all the defensive line help. That, with all of the defensive line issues, not issues, but departures that they've had. They've had a lot of like lower level departures. Their defensive line coach left to become the Jacksonville Jaguars, DC. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of torn between keeping up your defense, which is traditionally your strong part. Or you really need some wide receivers, buddies. Like you really need them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna let I'm stupidly I'm gonna let that overtake the possibly smarter decision to go with the fundamentals and defense and defensive line play. No, because Kadarius Tony in Baltimore purple uh, would just be too nice. So Kadarius Tony is gonna go to the Baltimore Ravens at 27. Wow. Okay. Not yeah. the wide receiver I would have picked for them. Well, that's just too darn bad. That's just too darn bad. Um, because he's the wide receiver I picked. Um, wow. Okay. This look. This this go. This bodes well for my fantasy Dolphins second round pick, which I will say later. I know I what it is. I know, I know what know. it is. I know you know. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next up, we have the New Orleans Saints. Um, it's funny. Uh, I think the Saints forfeited this draft pick because the NFL was so shocked that they gave Taysom Hill an additional contract year mm-hmm. that they, as punishment, took it away from them. So it's funny. I hope so. I mean, but see, they probably did that, and then, but then Drew Brees retires. The NFL's like, all right, fine, we'll give it back. That's like, true. Well, we'll have to have a friend of the pod, Storm Tracy, answer his mm-hmm. text messages and come on the pod and talk about the Saints. Storm. He, he has like 300 unread text messages. He's one of those people. Storm Storm is a guy. Now, here's a guy who doesn't check his cell phone. Uh, you know, I'm, yeah, I, here. 
I'm I'm just shocked that you know the 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 little red number above the application is just just hasn't exploded. You know the amount of messages that we've sent this guy and just hasn't responded. You know that's this like this is a guy who who's a gamer. You know he's a gamer. <laughs> All right, I'm done with my. Uh, you really went in on that one. <laughs> I really went in on that one. I was trying to find the voice as I said it. I think you found it. I, I th- think I, I think it. I got it. Yeah, I think you did. The Saints. The Saints, the Saints, Storm, legitimately, please just answer us, my guy. We want you on the pod. We want to talk. We want to. We want to talk sports with you. We want to talk sports. We want to talk Saints. Um, uh, the right. sa- uh, by the way, I want it to be reiterated that uh, the cap, the NFL cap, uh, is real for uh, thirty-one NFL teams. Uh, it is not real for the Saints. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think the cap. I, I think the cap is fake, man. I, I don't. I mean, I actually know. In reality, Tyler thinks the cap is largely a, fa- a fragment of, of our imagination, like it yes. is a construct. Like, yes. It, money's fake anyway so if you can just if you can just add on voidable contracts at the end of deals simply to just like make it look like you gave out a good contract it's fake the cap is fake anyway that's like a conversation for a whole other day the saints however need help on the defensive side of the ball because a lot of the players they had to cut in order to come under the threshold of the imaginary cap we just talked about are on the defensive side of the ball so you look at these guys here um, they need edge help, and I think I'm gonna go with not a traditional edge, but someone who I think can play the position of outside linebacker getting in there. I know they play a three-four and not a four-three. I know they do, but I think this player is just too good to pass up at this point. I'm taking Zayvon Collins, and I'm sending him to New Orleans. Ooh, I'd like that for them. Right? I like that a lot. It awkwardly seems like a really good fit. I know that yeah. for, I know that sentence made absolutely no sense, but you know what I mean. No, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I know what Listen, you're talking about. Listeners, I hope you understood me as well. So. All right. Green Bay Packers up at pick 29. Which you can hear all about what the Green Bay Packers. Yes, you can. Traditional draft plans are. With a wonderful interview Tyler had with his friend Mackenzie. She is a Packers fan. A Packers fan. And um Doug Green know, Bay Packers. Go Doug, pack go. Go pack go. Go cheese heads. Go cheese. Go. None of this vegan stuff up here in Wisconsin. Um, no. Uh but she had a great interview. She told Matt LaFleur, what are you doing? <laughs> you're oh, taking, darn. Oh, shucks. You're, you're taking Jordan Love in the first round? I want everyone who hasn't listened to that episode to understand that Mackenzie doesn't talk like this no, at all. I'm at just, all. We're making fun of, like, the stereotype. Just Wisconsin <laughs> as, a, as a whole. Yes. Uh, but you guys have the Badgers, so there you go. Um, yeah. Tyler, who do you have going all to right. Bay? You can go listen to that podcast about what the, the Packers traditionally do, what they would likely do. And then you can listen to me here. See right now, uh, if you if you can't see this, listeners, but I am holding up a paper <laughs> of everything that they should that they they will probably do based off their history. I am I am crumpling it up. I am throwing it out. They're drafting Elijah Moore. Oh no! This isn't fair. No, he was supposed to fall to the second round. Too bad. <laughs> He was supposed to fall to Miami. Elijah Moore, wide receiver out of Ole Miss, because because Aaron Rodgers is going to make them make this pick. I can just picture Aaron Rodgers gun to the head of Matt Lafleur, like make the pick. I can just picture I picture Aaron Rodgers in the war room with his own piece of paper, 
and like they're having conversations and then they're like all right aaron what do you think and he goes everything you guys said is wrong we're taking elijah moore <laughs> he's like and they're arguing the whole time and it's one of those everybody's arguing really hard and aaron Rodgers walks around the room picks up the card <laughs> writes in it submits it sits back down and no one even notices yeah <laughs> they're too busy arguing about you know whether we need um a cornerback or or edge rusher and meanwhile aaron Rodgers is just on the phone with the commissioner saying yeah no 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 roger we're gonna take elijah moore it's fine it's fine Oh boy. All right. Um, the Buffalo Bills at pick 30. We're reaching the end of the draft now. Tyler, team needs for the Bills. Cornerback, edge rusher. It makes perfect sense. Um, I think this is a spot where um the Bills take Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Yeah. In the I think that's absence, a good in the absence of Gregory Rousseau, Jalen Phillips really made himself made a name for himself. Uh the edge pressure that the hurricanes were able to get on teams this year didn't really drop that much and that's a testament um to jalen phillips and so i think that edge rusher is a position of need for them i think that's going to be a good uh, a good spot there for him yep all right um Kansas City Chiefs have pick number 31 uh they they need uh, this pick is pretty clear to me they need uh, tackle help uh-huh. It was the issue that plagued him in the Super Bowl, and then they've since lost people on their offensive line. So, so but they did they did add to the offensive line in free agency. They did, who did they pick up? They got uh, Joe Thurney, the guard. Joe Tooney. Oh, Joe Tooney. Joe, yeah. Joe Tooney, the, the guard out of uh, from New England. That was the the stable staple for like a decade there. Yeah. Um. So they bring that him is in. Great to pick. Help. Right. That's interior though. That's not yeah. outside. On the outside, they needed some tackle help. I'm going to draft Leon Eichenberg out of Notre Dame. Yeah. He's going to go to the Chiefs. Good pick. Um, All right, last pick of the draft. Who are you taking? In honor of sideline judgment, giving the 32nd overall uh, pick, giving the team picking in the 32nd overall slot a running back, I will continue this tradition because – Playoff Lenny is most likely not signing back with. Nah, um, they've signed everyone else back. They if really you have to get yeah. rid of somebody. It should be Leonard Fournette. So like, they they franchise tagged Chris Godwin, and they brought back Shaq Barrett on a major deal. And they what was the other defensive player that they brought back? There was Shaq, uh, no no you already no, said Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett yeah, but there's there's a, David. It might be. There's an, there's an important player on their defense they also brought back. So they brought back everyone. Brady restructured his contract because, again, the cap is fake. Um, and I think that the question here is, who's the first running back off the board? Najee Harris or Travis Etienne? I think in the style of what um, the Bucks have shown that they've done, especially in this Super Bowl winning year, uh, I think Brady would do some help with a pass-catching running back. And I think Ronald mm-hmm. Jones is under contract for one more year. He can be the workhorse back, as shown, and Travis Etienne Jr. can head okay. on head on down to Tampa, join uh maybe, maybe you know share a have some dinner with his old offensive coordinator the uh, Jeff Scott the coach at a USF in the same stadium yeah yeah and Travis Etienne will head to Tampa and be the pass catching running back for Tom Brady himself. I like it. I like it. I think that's my pick. So I like it. With it, we're liking this. So let's uh, just to review uh, going through the mock draft as followed. Pick number one, Jacksonville takes Trevor Lawrence. At two, the Jets are going to take Penny Sewell. At three, the Dolphins take Jamar Chase. 
At four, the Falcons take Justin Fields. Five, the Bengals take Rayshon Slater. Six, the Eagles take Kyle Pitts. Seven, the Lions take Caleb Farley. Carolina at eight takes Zach Wilson. Denver at pick nine take Trey Lance. Dallas at pick 10 take Patrick Sertan the second. The Giants at 11 take Jalen Waddell. The 49ers at 12 take Christian Darsall. The Chargers at 13 take Tevin Jenkins. The Vikings at 14 take Samuel Cosme. The Patriots at 15 take Devontae Smith, which if that happens, catch me crying in the corner. The Cardinals at 16 take <laughs> J.C. Horn. The Raiders at 17 take Micah Parsons, which if that happens and the pick right before the Dolphins, catch me crying in the other corner. Uh, the Dolphins at pick 18 take Jeremiah owusu Koramoa. That's the first yeah, time that's I that, that's, that's the first time I said that right, I think, dude. I think I think I think you got it. Thank you. The Washington football team at 19 takes Jalen Mayfield. The Bears at 20 take Mac Jones. The Colts at 21 take Rashad Bateman. The Titans at 22 take Terrence Marshall Jr. The Jets at 23 take Quiti Pay. The Steelers at 24 take Alex Leatherwood. The Jags at 25 take Trevon Morig. Morig? Yeah. There we Merrick. go. Merrick. There we go. Merrick. I apologize. They're always silent. Trevon, my apologies. The Browns at 26 take Gregory Rousseau. The Ravens at 27 take Kadarius Toney. The Saints at 28 take Zayvon Collins. The Packers at 29 take Elijah Moore. Sergio cries in the third corner of the evening. The Bills, damn right. The Bills at pick 30 take Jalen Phillips. The Chiefs at 31 take Liam Eichenberg. And the Bucks at 32 take Travis Etienne Jr. So Elijah Moore to the Packers at 29. That's the pick that I thought the Ravens should have made. Oh, I know. Because he's. I just think he's a more physical receiver and i think the in the Kadarius tony type you already have a hollywood brown uh, yes and no because i think hollywood brown wins with speed more and in the sense of like Kadarius tony i think wins with the shiftiness mm-hmm. a lot more and i think i just think for for the offense that baltimore runs where they incorporate you want Kadarius tony who i feel way more comfortable incorporating into the running aspect like, okay maybe Makes that's sense. just me it's also like Elijah Moore would not be a bad pick at all. You're basically they're 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 very similar types of players, and I think I'm more. It's more of so with the Packers. It's a matter of like they have other needs. They have needs defensively, but damn, just I mean, it'd be nice to have like they're. We t- I talked about this with McKenzie. Like their their backup wide receivers, their their depth wide receivers have developed well. Yes, correct, but you still don't have. But you have Devontae Adams, but you don't have a real trump card beyond that. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marcus Valdez Scantling, he's good. You have Alan Lazard, there he's good. Like, but you don't have anyone in you don't have anyone in Elijah Moore's mold. And I think you need that. Oh, listen, I'm not arguing the fact that the Packers should have made the pick. That's a great pick for them. I just think that the Ravens should have made that pick earlier. And, and well, in an hard. alternate universe, the picks are reversed and Kadarius Tony goes <laughs> to Green Bay. Well, there you go. That would be that would be fantastic. So I would love that. So uh, Tyler, that is mock draft 2.0. I think next time we might start flirting with some trades. We, maybe, maybe, maybe. We, we might, uh, we might have to have some conversations about some potential trades. So, uh, yes. Uh, Tyler, before we leave, before we leave our loyal and lovely listeners, let's end the show with tweets that we have shared. Tyler, what All is right. your favorite tweet that you have sent me this week? That I've sent uh, you this week, my apologies. Yeah, that you've sent me. It is a tweet by uh, uh, Gator Great Richard Johnson at RJ underscore writes. It is um, about Urban Meyer, who's at the Players' Championship in Jacksonville that happened this last week. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and RJ says, deep respect for Urban going to TPC over Trey Lance's pro day, not even pretending. <laughs> Urban Meyer did not even attend Trey Lance, one of the top quarterback prospects, pro days. Like, I respect that so deeply. Not even playing. Like, not even playing with the media. Like, we're not doing that. We're, we're, it's Trevor Lawrence. Like, it's like not even, we're not even pretending at this point. Like, that's the thing. We're not even pretending at this point, which I love. Yeah. No. So, uh, Tyler, my favorite tweet you sent me this week comes from yesterday. Let me say this yesterday was a massive day for American soccer fans. Ah. This, this, I, I know what you're talking about. The original tweet is by Champions League on CBS, so whatever. And it says, official, 18-year-old Eunice Musa has chosen to represent the U.S. men's national team over England, Italy, and Ghana. Let it be known, this is now, this is now my own words, let it be known, Eunice Musa was the captain of the England under-18 team just she, really? 18 months ago. Captain of the England under 18 team. Yes, the captain, Ooh. Tyler. This man was a staple in the English system. Uh, he, I do not know how he has American. I know that he he was born and raised in England. Or no, he was born, yeah, he was born and raised in England to, I think, Italian and Ghanese parents uh, dis, of descent. But I think maybe his dad was an American, is in the American military. I believe that's the case. Don't gotcha. quote me. So that's why he can have American uh, citizenship and and does. And so, huh. and so he ended up choosing. He plays for Valencia in Spain. He's a starting winger. He has scored against both Barcelona and Real Madrid. Like the the man is good. They called him into camp last year in a European base, and he was able to be with Christian Pulisic, who plays at Chelsea. Weston McKenney, uh. who plays at Juventus with Cristiano Ronaldo. Tyler uh, Tyler Adams, who plays at RB Leipzig, one of the top three teams in Germany. He was able to be with the top-level talent that is everyone's within 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. And he was able to be with them. And I, I think that camp really made an impact on him. Um, and this is just fantastic. Now, the tweet you sent me was by Jason Davis, who I love and I've been listening to on his radio show and his podcast since, like, sophomore year of college. Uh, and he says, this is Boise State getting a kid that was recruited by Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma. And if I'll be damned if I hear another college football U.S. men's national team crossover tweet more accurate than this. It's so true. It's incredible. It's incredible it's so what happened. By the um, way, I looked it up. Uh, Musa was born in New York City while his parents were on vacation. Oh, uh, I love this. So. Yeah, he was born in New York City while his Ghanaian mother was on vacation in the United States. His father is also Ghanaian. I don't know how to say Ghanaian. Ga- I, think. I think it's Ghanaian. My apologies Ghanese. if I, if I, I my very apologies if I messed that up. I didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. They moved to Italy after his birth. Um, and then it, at age nine, he moved to London. There it is. So that's where all the connections come in. But he came back home. <laughs> Listen, hey, you know, I know, I know no, England. Never underestimate the power of the boys. Because... <laughs> That's at, at that camp. Never underestimate the power of the boys. Like, yeah, so they, they said that they put him with um, that his roommate was Tyler Adams. And Tyler Adams is the future captain of the men's national team. Like, you can't change my mind. That that that's the, That is our future captain. He will have the armband going into the 2022 World Cup. Um, 
And man, I think that WhatsApp group chat was popping. Like the jokes must be incredible in that group chat. Yes. Because that was incredible. And I also think it's, you know, testament to, it's a testament to the coaching staff of the U.S. men's national team and Greg Berhalter to go after this player, figure out that he was born in in New York City. York City. Therefore, there's a loophole for him to play for the national team. He's and he was able te- to do this. By, by American law, he's an American citizen. He is. He is an American citizen. He's one of, he's one of us, Tyler. He's one of us. And yep. the crazy thing is that this was on March 15th. On March 14th, it was announced that um, Elfran Alvarez, who is a player for the LA Galaxy, he is 17 years old, and he can represent both the U.S. and Mexico because his parents are of Mexican descent, whatever. And he announced that he was going to choose Mexico. And the U.S. soccer community was, like, really sad because, man, we lost another Mexican-American to Mexico, this and that. To Mex- and to Mexico, too. And to Mexico, right? the, our biggest rival in, in, U- in world soccer. Like, oh, that hurt. And then the next day, Eunice Musa was like, boys, I got you. I got you. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Oh, I love it. So super happy. And I'm also shout out to Jason Davis. One of the guys I, I, I depend on for soccer stuff. He, he's not the biggest college football fan. He kind of watches, but he's like not a big fan. The fact that this analogy was so on point, because here's the thing. It is perfect. Cause like, the U S national team is Boise state because we're competitive and we're probably amongst one of the better teams of like, if you were to separate it to power five group of five, we're on that Boise State UCF of, level. We're at the top of the group of five. It's exactly. Just that, that, but it's at the United States is just it's it's different in other places of the world. It is a different atmosphere around soccer. Yes. Like, yes. Listen, but th- this is landing a five star recruit. <laughs> you know. Hey, I, you you years ago talked to me about this, and I've been kind of following up on it because it's fascinating to me mm-hmm. um, about the youth American soccer in youth in America. Yes. That didn't make sense, but um, no, but I, soccer I and the youth in America is is trending in a more positive direction for yes. uh, the include for the inclusion of the sport because the thing that America doesn't ha- has America population wise and everything has everything it needs to compete, um, everything it needs. The only problem is that soccer is not the dominant sport in right um, America where it is in a lot of other countries. Mm-hmm. It's not even top like two or three. Like no, yeah, no, of course not. And so that that's what it's got going against us, even though there's so many people that live here. Right. And but I a, think yeah. as time goes on, and I think ever since I'm gonna bring it up, ever since missing the World Cup. Uh we we, ref- think, we refer to that as the recent unpleasantness. The recent unpleasantness. I think there's it's one of those things where maybe I think this is me, a person who does not follow a lot of American soccer that much. I, I, projecting onto the situation but it's a matter of like i think everybody just kind of like accepted that this was what the united states was like we were we we compete but we're never going to be that good and then the recent unpleasantness happened and it was maybe a this isn't good enough anymore yeah and and you're exactly right and i i hope that that is the case because there's very few things olympics is like it but there's very few things that when you watch something like the olympics or the world cup or the women's world cup or anything where you you're sit there and like honestly it's probably the most patriotic i've ever felt because it's like you actually like really just want your country to win yeah and like and like the thing about the world cup is something that listen there's so many problems in our country that we are embarrassed about but i feel like deeply yeah but i feel like the world cup is the one time where like okay we can come together we can let's focus on this and you're right like 
listen, I have a lot of soccer friends that are very much like, oh, I hate when just like casual people like show up for the World Cup and are like, oh, yeah, I'm super into it. And then don't follow soccer the rest of the time. And I'm like, honestly, I don't care because I, I want that. Like, I will welcome you with open arms. If you're not a soccer person, but every four years you come up and you're like, hey, Sergio, I know you're a soccer guy. What do I need to know? I will sit down with you and I will tell you everything you need to know because the more people watch and have eyes, the better. The more people know about kids like Eunice Musa and people, kids like Weston McKenney and everyone knows Christian Pulisic now, but like uh, Tyler Adams and Serginho Dest, the starting right back for Barcelona. Like he could have played for the Nether- the Dutch national team because he was born to American soldiers in the Netherlands and grew up in, in the Netherlands and he chose the U.S. Like there's players like this around the world that are choosing and are kind of getting on board with this youth movement. And I think you're right where the recent unpleasantness um, kind of kicked that into overdrive. There have been efforts um, starting in the late 90s, you know, with the creation of MLS and everyone laughs at MLS because they oh, it's a joke or whatever. But, you know, we got to start somewhere. It's only 20 something years old. Like it'll get yeah. there eventually. It's getting better each and every year. It's producing more and more American products that then go overseas and then can, you know, we under listen. And th- that's, and it, it takes time because yes. for, for you to, for, for United States soccer to ascend, it's very similar to college football in regards to the recruiting aspect where it's just like, for things to change, lifetimes have to go by. Like yeah. these things don't just happen. Like generations have to pass. Like, yeah. And this yeah. is like you're you're trying to restructure the athletic culture of a country. Yeah. And that takes time. Because guess what? I'm never going to be like you can't go back in time and make me, you know, play soccer for longer than I did. Like yeah. and I loved soccer when I played it. But like you can't go back in time and change that. Yeah. And, and, and now I, I mean, I can do something with my kids. Right. Right. Exactly. But, that I, I I'm not I don't have any kids I don't have a wife right now so like that's gonna take time right and like these things and United States is in a good position because you have so many people available like mm-hmm. yeah but the, it's a, it's a cultural restructuring thing and I think the efforts are being made you just got to keep making them yeah I and agree that's the thing with MLS is that like I do think that. I mean, I know more about soccer through MLS than I would have previously. Like that, I think that's partially my fault though. <laughs> Don't 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 discredit where I'm where I'm giving the okay. MLS credit. All right, okay. I'm trying to do a nice thing here. Thank like, you, um, thank you, thank you, Tyler. Thank you. Anyway, you know how much it means to me. I appreciate that. Yes, and I I, I do. Gen- I don't follow it as much as you, but I genuinely like enjoy soccer. But so. like, but that's the thing. The, these moments, like, even if you just want to check in, this is a big deal. All right, it was a big day. It's a big deal. It was a big day on Monday for U.S. men's national team. So they see Scott Frost never leaving UCF. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, I, let's leave it to Jason Davis's analogy where it's Boise State getting a kid recruited <laughs> it, no, by Bama. That's, it's a perfect analogy. I just wanted to throw that in yeah. there. Couldn't get, get through a podcast without talking about UCF. And I love and I love that uh, he chose Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma. He stayed away from the Clemsons and the and the Ohio States. But he he threw in – oh, he threw in his SEC schools. He he threw those in. He knew, what, he, knew what he was talking about. Yeah. So – uh, wow, I can't believe we just did like 10 minutes on U.S. men's national team talk. So glad that we could. I end. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I did as well. Um, sports are sports, and a lot of it, what we talk about is translatable. Um, yes. And look, hey. Listen, and this is, this, is, this, is a, this is an example of that. Yeah. And listen, hey, I didn't ask Jason Davis to come up with the best college football analogy for a U.S. soccer thing. He just did. We are just a conduit by which we share what happens on Twitter with the people. Like, and that is why Tweets We Shared is the flagship segment on Sideline Judgment. Tyler, uh, let's wrap this episode up. Coming up later on, 
you are going to get another mock draft. As we teased earlier, we are going to um, potentially have some trades that we can maybe maybe, propose during, during the mock draft. And we will continue with our NFL team specific interview series. Uh, The last episode, as we mentioned, uh, actually the last episode was my interview with my friend Lucas Rodriguez on the Baltimore Ravens. And the episode before that was Tyler's interview with his friend McKenzie on the Green Bay Packers. So if you haven't listened to those, they are the first and second episode, or they're the last two episodes on your feed. Go ahead, listen to that. And we will come back with some more uh, teams next week. Uh, Tyler, this is going to be the last episode of the week. So next week, again, Mock Draft 3.0 and some more team-specific interviews. Tyler, anything else you want to say before we sign off? Uh, nothing much, but it's every day it gets closer, and I'm excited for the I'm excited for the draft. I'm excited for real free agency to start tomorrow. Oh, and for yeah. the landscape of the NFL to change. Yes, I am as well. It's gonna be very interesting to see which of our two teams lands uh, Curtis Samuel for more than money that he deserves. Yeah. yeah. Also, you know, hey, in the future, in in the coming weeks, it'll be interesting to see if one or Two of the of our teams uh, have Clemson quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> former Clemson quarterbacks. All right. Uh, Tyrod, unequivocal starter in Houston. Um, yeah. <laughs> this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, Tyler. But go Gators and make a run in the tournament. Go Gators. <laughs>